You're listening to Special Programming, sponsored by Making Moves Life Coaching Services. The content of Veterans Affairs Plus does not reflect the views or opinions of Public Radio KUNV, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education. Good morning. This is Veterans Affairs Plus. I'm Dave Washington, your host. Good morning. This is Veterans Affairs Show. I am Dave Washington, host of the show, sponsored by Making Moves Life Coaching Services. Of course, we're on 91.5 Jazz and more. A shout out to Kevin Crawl, who produces and engineers our show. However, today we have Ray. Thank you, Ray. I appreciate you, man, because obviously I don't know nothing about this stuff, <laughs> particularly as it comes to that board you're sitting before. So thank you very much. I trust that you all, um, our listening audience, know that we are celebrating 40 years of 91.5, and it's in the membership drive time. In fact, by the time this show airs, that will be in our rearview mirror. However, you can go to, because I trust that you all would want to contribute to this great radio station and the work that they're doing, you can go, you can go to KUNV.org membership drive, or membership, brother. Thank you, Ray. I need the help. All right. Good morning, everyone. Once again, I am Dave Washington. We have a couple of guests um, that we'll have on today, Ms. Pizzullo, and then we'll have Mr. Hodges. I'd like to give condolences uh, and extend it to the family of Camille Burrell, who recently transitioned. Camille was a longtime neighbor of ours, and we wish that her the very best in terms of being at peace. And also... Condolences to the family of Christopher Ray Smith. Uh, that family goes to church with my wife, Marcia. And finally, we also know that we lost a, a great general, General Colin Powell, most recently. So those folks all transitioned. And again, condolences to all those families. Other announcements and congratulations. 80th birthday, Miss Bonnie Janelle. Happy birthday, Bonnie. We also had a number of birthdays this month in our family, in our blood family, that is... Um, our daughter, Angel, son-in-law, Nathan, granddaughter, Kasara, grandson, Christopher. So uh, happy belated birthday to those five individuals of our family. And congrats to Sonny Ennis on her wedding this past weekend. We wish you and your husband all the absolute best, uh, Miss Sonny. And also on November 14th, EOBKCP will, will be hosting its annual Bailey Bennett Golf Tournament at Aliante is co-hosted by myself and Fred Heron. We wish that you guys will make contact with us. You can go on our website uh, to find further information if you're willing and wanting to participate in that golf tournament. Once again, this is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and more. Our first guest, Miss Pizzullo. Yes, she is a young sir. lady. Yes, young lady. Give us a our listening audience, a little bit of background on yourself, and then I have a few questions to include uh, your your background as far as military is concerned. Um, well, first of all, I, you were mentioning birthdays. I turn 38 tomorrow. 
Ooh, happy birthday. Thanks. Um, I have I have four kids and a daughter-in-law. Um, I am from the Midwest. I'm from northern Michigan. I joined the Army, um, the Military Police Corps, until oh, it's 2002. It's almost 20 years ago. <laughs> Um, feels like a lifetime, and then some days it feels like it was yesterday. But um, I then, so I went to um, Fort Leonard Wood for basic, and then went on to Fort Polk, Louisiana. Um, that was my first and only duty station. I spent three and a half years stationed there and a year in Iraq where I met my husband. Hmm, okay. So, yeah, that was 2000. I was in Iraq from 2000, March 2003 to March 2004 um, with a jump and a hop, a skip to Kuwait. And then we drove uh-huh. from Kuwait to Iraq um, right behind the third ID. Oh, wow. So you uh, moved around pretty well in terms of, uh, and your background was in the police. Yeah, I was. I, I call myself the worst MP in the world. <laughs> I am not a political person. I don't like politics. I it just I wasn't good at it. I was a really good soldier. I was not good at the MP thing with the politics. It just wasn't my forte. <laughs> I understand. I understand. So you have an organization that you started. Would you tell us? Particularly our listening I audience about. I actually did not start this organization, but I am a member of this organization. Um, like I said, I recently I recently moved to Vegas from um, Northern Michigan, and we have a lot of organizations out in Northern Michigan. Um, it's a very small town communities, a lot of small towns up there, and we've no- we noticed that there was a um, gap in needs for the younger generations. Um, you have. A lot of the older generation groups, BFW, AMVETS, American Legion, which those are, were all great in their times, and nobody's denying that. But right. a lot of the times, um, the, the younger generation's veterans don't want to go hang out at a bar and don't want to <laughs> put their kids in that aspect. You know, I've got four kids, right. and I don't, I'm not the type of person to hang out at the bar. I'm at volleyball games. I'm at marching band competition. I'm, you know, pretty much the stay-at-home mom, um, and right. we have a lot to do. So... A lot of organizations like um, 22 to 9 up in northern Michigan, shout out to Ray. He's probably not listening because I don't think they get this radio station. But shout out to um, uh, just that whole group of individuals who started that organization. Um, And they have recently bought a school that they are refurbishing for families to – homeless families to house uh-huh. and that seems wow. to be a big thing that's missing in the veterans communica- uh, community is homeless place places for homeless families to go um there's definitely a lot of places for men and there's a few beds for women but there's not really places for families where um you know you can bring your kids or you can bring your pet or you can you know you can you can have a transition because a lot of the times especially today there's jobs out there it's not necessarily a job situation it's a housing situation and where i live uh, low-income housing is really scarce and that's really hard to find in rentals these days, you know, everybody in the country is trying to find a rental and they're just not there. So um, that's, that's what they're trying to do up there. And I think that that's a really good um, avenue for us to look at. We need to start not necessarily looking at the, I want to say the bigger picture because I feel like that's covered between the VFW and the VA and the AMBAT and all of those organizations. 
I think that we need to start taking it down to the street and we need to start realizing what, what do we really need? What does that really need? Do they need a place to go and hang out with their buddies and drink? Or are vets more interested in other things? Um, around the nation, I've seen younger generation of veterans. I want to say younger, but I guess we're not younger anymore. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let, me say, let me say to this to you, Ms. Pozzullo. I'm going to get you hooked up with, and I know they recently had it, and I know they're going to have follow-ups, Mr. Peter Guzman with the Latin Chamber. Uh They are doing a summit and talking about not just sitting around arguing, but trying to come up with with solutions to dealing with the whole homeless issue of veterans, and particularly or homeless in general, but veterans in particular in some cases. And I think the idea that you're discussing is something that needs to be heard at that venue. So I'm going to make sure I get you hooked up with them because I know they're going to have a number of those particular meetings, the summit to discuss. Vegas is a very special, it's a very special and unique place. Um, You know, like it's very transient, but it's also very, we have a huge homeless population here. And a lot of the homeless people have lived here for a very long time. I think the VA in general here in Vegas, from what, I have seen, not what anybody else has seen, my own opinion, is not very good about stepping up and helping the veterans. Um, When I first moved here, I did my due diligence. I went and saw my psychiatrist, my therapist, my doctor, and I said, hey, I'm moving to Vegas. What do I need to do? And they're like, oh, you just need to come see us so we can update your med list and update your meds and update all of this stuff. So when you get to Vegas, everything's there. Well, lo and behold, when I came here... I was told that that's not true, that um, our medical files don't transfer from state to state. And then I was told that I would be cut off all my PTSD medication and that I would have to wait three months to see a doctor because I had to go through an orientation and then I had to go through an inpatient, uh, not an inpatient, um, uh, one of those consult where you go and see the doctors and you have to do all the forms and all of that stuff. And then I had to take a class. <laughs> right, right. You're saying that the, the records don't transfer? That's ridiculous. We're in a highly technological atmosphere in the world, in fact. And for you, to, for, 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 for them not to be able to transfer records over? Like I 100% at the, let, agree let, with you. That's what I said. I said in 2020, or it was 2018, you're telling me that you can't, like, look up my records. Nope, they don't transfer from state to state. And I'm like... But that, but that like it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense that it doesn't transfer. Let me, then, let me say this. Let me say this. Mm-hmm. I think some kind of way we've got to get to. And I know you say you're not political, but politics plays in every part of our life. And it to does. me, we have got to get to our legislative body and say, hey, this is ridiculous. And we want you to do something about it. I mean, we got we got a congressional people. We got Senate people. We need to get to them. I'll be in touch with you because to me, I believe in taking action on things that are ridiculous. And this uh-huh. is one of the most ridiculous I've heard in terms of taking care of our doggone veterans. Give me a break. So we're going to we're going to we're going to work on that. And so let me ask my, you this. That's, that's my issue, sir, is that whole the situation. I walked out of that hospital with my four year old in my hand having a panic attack and not in the right mind. I was very upset. I had to call my VA therapist in Michigan to calm me down. I got booted out of the mental health facility because they said they wouldn't help me. 
Wow, that's 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 And that's where I'm frustrated because right then you you realize like, okay, now I understand I mean I always have understood really what what's going through those veterans' minds that are just I can't deal with this anymore. I can't do it. Why should I have to fight for this? And right. they they take their own lives. It's awful. It is horrible. And for and when I looked up the person who gave me this information, he was a fellow mm-hmm. veteran and he kicked me out of the hospital and I know some people will be like, Well, what was the other side of this? I'm going to be honest with you. I was very upset. I was frustrated. I had been to the emergency room, to the pharmacy, to um, patient advocate, and they all told me the same thing. There's nothing we can do. Miss <laughs> Pizzullo, it's, it's, it's very obvious to me that you're a high-energy person, and I can only imagine you getting agitated when you see garbage playing out right in front of your eyes. Right in but front like of I say, my eyes. I, 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 I just believe that, Again, we've got to get together and do something about this. And in terms of whether or not your folks back east can hear the station, hear, hear, hear this program, uh-huh. we are being taped. This will this will actually air on the first Saturday of November, 830 a.m. And I'm going to get that information to you because this station is heard all over the world. It's just a matter of having the right app. And they can go online, get that information, and listen to the listen to the program. Because oh, see, there's te- there's technology again, technology and politics, man. Not my forte. <laughs> I understand, I understand. But what what I'm going to be able to give to you will be able to be helpful to them, so they can listen to this and know that they have help somewhere outside of their own uh, venue there. Because to me, veterans are veterans wherever you are. To include those who are coming back from Afghanistan. Now I know from, and and I'm a Vietnam era veteran, and I understand all the 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 the, the things that you talked about, whether it's the American Legion or the VFW. I attend those. I'm a, I'm an older guy. I'm 70 years old, but I can tell you this: I agree with you 100 percent that the younger people have got to have a place to go where they can kind of feel good about themselves and interact with others who've gone through some of the same kind of pitfalls, et cetera, in their life. So we're going to do that. I, you have lit a fire under me, so. Well, I hope one one day my goal is I would really like to own a gym and a coffee shop, and not necessarily me own it, but veteran owned, and all the my all the proceeds go to vets, and it would increase jobs. It would increase, you know, place a place for veterans to go because I feel like the gym and the coffee shop are the new bar for vets our age. And that's where we like to go and hang out. We like to go to the gym. We like to go have coffee with our friends. And I think that that's, you know, that's where we need to start turning to. And, you know, if these organizations mm-hmm. could understand that, I'm not saying get rid of your bars, not at all, but why not? If you have room to add a gym in your place, add a gym, add a coffee bar, add some place for these vets to go other than drinking. Look, as we get ready to wrap up our time here, I want you to know that I will be in touch because I think that there's something that can be done. It's a matter of people organizing and making it happen. And I, I can feel your energy. So I, I'll be with you. And like I say, one of the key things I think we got to do, particularly as it relates to those record issues, that we get to our legislative body and say, hey, we want this straightened out. There's no, to me, there's just, it makes no sense at this day and age. So we're going to work on that. This is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. And I was just talking with Ms. Pizzullo, and we'll be talking again. Tell us the name of that organization again. Um, the organization is called 22 to None. It's in northern Michigan, and they are an amazing group of individuals. Um, they are our, all our generation of veterans that are helping um, do different things in the community. Um, and shout out to them. They do great things, and 
I have never been prouder of an organization that has done things for veterans. Um, this is a no, they, they don't charge membership. They don't do anything but go out in the community and help vets. Okay, great. Well, we will be in touch with you. I, I certainly will be giving you a call and also making sure that I get you the information where your folks back east can listen to the program on next Saturday. All right, young lady, you take care of yourself, and I will be in touch. And we'll get you back on the show again sometime in the future because I think you got a lot of energy and a lot of information to share with others. And I certainly believe this, this homeless family type of a project is something that's vitally needed in our community. So thank you for your time. Our second guest is Mr. Aki Hodges of the Black Achievement Fund. We had uh, Mr. Hodges on a few months ago, and I asked if he can get him back on today just to give an update to folks on what's going on with the organizations. So uh, talk to us, Mr. Hodges. Well, I appreciate you bringing us back onto the show, giving us this opportunity to speak to everyone out there. We are extremely, extremely, extremely excited to announce that the Black Achievement Fund is in the process of purchasing our first six acres of land collectively to build our very first Black Achievement Fund members retreat. This retreat will feature 20,000 square feet, 14 bedrooms, 16 bathrooms, commercial spa, pool, uh, outdoor, indoor fitness facilities, nature trails, uh, all types of things, and this will all be collectively owned by Black Achievement Fund members. This is a way for us to, once again, collectively begin to create generational wealth. And with this property, this becomes an asset of the Black Achievement Fund that we collectively own and profit off of for as long as we want to hold uh, the project. So that's the main thing that we're doing right now taking our capital, buying land, and contributing to the development of the Freedom Georgia uh, so project. So tell, tell the listening audience about uh, what the purpose and the concepts behind the uh, Black Achievement Fund. The Black Achievement Fund is a national black economic and community development corporation with the single mission of black economic independence for self-determination. Now, that is a lofty, lofty mission, but we have a, a surprisingly simple solution. 10 million black people, $9 a month equals $90 million a month and over a billion dollars a year for us to finance the grand development of black America. The Black Achievement Fund is a nonprofit 501c3 organization. 100% of your contribution is tax deductible and we're buying land right now. Mm, right. <laughs> so be a part of it. I don't know any organization that you can contribute $9 uh, towards and end up owning land as a result of that. So that's what uh, the and organization you know, is about. In terms of transparency, you know, it's a, it's a word that's sometimes used loosely. But in the vein of this organization, as I am a member Tell the folks how you can, once you become a member, how you have access to the various platforms and and and, and uh, the finances, et cetera, the various, because we got, what, 12 departments? Mm-hmm. We have 12 program departments. But first, I'm glad that you brought transparency up. Uh, as a nonprofit 501c3 organization, the Black Achievement Fund 
unlike uh, other for-profits and things like that, we have to disclose 100% of where every contribution went. We have to disclose how much uh, our CEO makes, uh, the top executives. We have to disclose uh, how much money went to programs, so on and so forth. And we post all of our financials on our members-only page of our website. We have a monthly members meeting, and we're on the platform pretty much seven days a week. So all of our members, anyone who joins, you have an opportunity to speak with the real leadership of the organization, the ambassadors of the organization on a day-to-day basis. Uh, the fundraising goal that we have for our little Kemet Black Achievement Fund members retreat is online. Uh, all of that cash that is being contributed towards that project is being held in a separate account for that project and that project alone. But uh, the main thing is we want people to know that the Black Achievement Fund is an organization truly for the people, and our mantra is people over profits. So nothing of nothing that we do is for profit. Every single thing that we do is for people's benefit as opposed to individual profit for a small group of investors. Excellent. And tell us about some of the other programs you got going on, particularly the one on the exercise. In fact, uh, I'm glad they moved it around for our West Coast folks because I was getting up at like 4.55 a.m., y'all, to exercise on Saturday morning. <laughs> I'm like, man, I'll be so sleepy doing it. I said, this ain't working. They said, oh, we got something for you West Coast guys. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna start at a different hour where you can get a couple more hours of sleep, which I really appreciate. Right, right. So what Mr. Washington is referring to is our Fitness with Sister Faith on Saturday mornings. So every Saturday, one of our members conducts or hosts a fitness program for Black Achievement Fund members. And for the East Coast people, it is at 8 a.m. But for the West Coast people, it is at 5 a.m. But Mr. Washington was a trooper, and he made sure that he got up and made every class before we even change the schedule to accommodate the West Coast people. But uh, we do things like this because we're talking about the grand development of our communities again. We're talking about not just putting money in people's pockets. We're talking about how do we create the world that we want to live in apart from the world that we are currently being given? How do we create safe havens for our people? And one of the ways is buying land. One of the ways is buying enough land to establish our own municipalities so that we have our own police department. We handle our own political affairs. We handle our own water source. So this is what the Black Achievement Fund is building towards with this little Kemet project. It is a part of the larger Freedom Georgia initiative. Uh, I know many of you heard of the 19 black families and friends who pooled their resources together to buy the 97 acres in Georgia. Well, this land that we're buying is a part of that land. So we're working collaboratively with private investors, as well as we being the Black Achievement Fund as a nonprofit, we're collectively buying into this community. So everything that we're talking about, 10 million black people, $9 a month, $90 million a month, over a billion dollars a year, this is all capital that we generate internally. And all the programs and services that we're talking about, we fund with our own money. It does not require us to go out and beg anyone else. Now, of course, we accept partnerships, and we want to partner with government, local um, uh, corporations and firms like that. But the whole idea is black economic independence. 
being economically and physically independent so that when we do do these partnerships, we come to the table with equity. And I do know that uh, we have a variety of folks, even though it's it's pushed out as a million, 10 million black folks, but we accept any money and people who have and live the philosophy that we live in terms of us being self-sustaining and, and just looking out for our own interests. And, you know, this is one of the easiest revolutions that I can think of. When you talk about how do a people sustain uh, ecosystem internally, how do people recycle wealth, look at how other people have done it. You know, um, so the whole issue is not whether or not we have the money. It's whether or not we have the collective consciousness and the collective trust. And we're here to provide full transparency so that we can obliterate that whole idea that black people can't trust each other and, you know, they can't operate on a grand level what they're talking about and that sort of thing, because that's hogwash. Right. You know, we developed whole civilizations and we know that. So, And, and to that point, with respect to all the controversy that's going on centered around uh, critical race theory, I know that you and those of us who are members have access to several different lesson plans and lectures that you have done centered around the history of us as a people. And I think once we as a people know our history, we'll be a stronger people and we'll stop going for the okie doke as we live our lives here in America. Because we are American citizens, however, we know that our roots are are in Africa. And some people want to deny that. And and I know that from my own personal belief and thought and what I learned when I was in school a hundred years ago, because I'm 70 years old, is that all they taught black folks, you guys were slaves. You were enslaved. You were enslaved. But wait a minute. See, our four children know who we who we are and, and were because we ensured that they read about the history of Africa. So they know about the kings, the queens, the, the cities uh, that we built over there many, many years ago. But all children don't get that. So what I say to people as I'm encouraging them to, to join our organization is that, look, you can get lesson plans that you can take and deal with your own children so they'll know who they are. And I'm telling you, when you know who you are, you're much stronger as a person. It's what made me powerful, knowing who I am. It's what made me financially independent. Uh, and the education, our education department, what Mr. Washington is referring to, every member of the Black Achievement Fund through our education department gets access to the Standing on the Shoulders of Giants Black History curriculum that begins with the origin of humanity in Africa over 200,000 years ago, as opposed to beginning with slavery. One of the greatest well, the foundation of racism is the false propaganda that African people are inferior to white people. It is the false propaganda that when Europeans met Africans in world history, the African had contributed nothing to world history, nothing to civilization, and was living in a barbaric state. That is the foundation of racism. And when you expose history chronologically, what you discover is that African people 
developed virtually every aspect of knowledge and created the grandest civilization the world has ever seen, and that's ancient Kemet, which they have whitenized and try to make you think that Egypt is not part of Africa, and ancient Kemet, ancient Egypt, was not an African civilization. So all of these things are illuminated and exposed, and right now we're doing the Missing Pages of World History Lecture Series in honor of Dr. John Henry Clark, in which we further discuss all of this. And all of these lecture series, all of these lectures, I'm sorry, that we've done so far are on our YouTube page. So please go to our YouTube, go to YouTube and put in the search bar, the Black Achievement Fund, and you'll have access to all of these lectures. And all of this Brother, is free to Black Achievement Fund members. Brother Aki, as we, as we wrap up, I certainly want to explain express my appreciation to you because I think this is valuable information that particularly here in the Las Vegas Valley, uh, those of our listening audience will get to hear. But also, I want to reassure people that this program, this radio station, it, it, I, I think it's called stream, whatever whatever the, the, the form of technology is, you can hear this all around the world. So I want our members to make sure that they share with others that you can go to the to the app store and get 91.5 jazz and more on your on your phone and you can listen to this program and we air the first saturday of the month at 8:30 a.m. this is veterans affairs plus and the plus is so we can add this kind of information that Mr. Akeem uh, Hodges has shared with us Brother, we appreciate you, and I look forward to, to my continued work. And I, I did send my uh, funds in, as I said that I would, on Saturday to help purchase that land because ain't nobody going to do for us what we can do for ourselves. Exactly, and we, we appreciate it. And before I go, I have to tell everyone, please join the Black Achievement Fund at www.baf.solutions, not .com, not .org, .solutions. Mr. Hodges, Aki, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you very, very much and look forward to interacting with you further. And I look, yeah, thank you. And I look forward to giving you guys more updates. All right, man. Have a great day. You do the same. Talk to you, talk to you soon. All right, Pete. That's it. <laughs> <laughs>